Welcome to All About the Benefits. This show is dedicated to helping you better understand the world of benefits so that you can better serve those that serve you. And now, here's your host, Lori Jewett. All right, you guys, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in again. I am super excited today. I am here with my friend and brand new author. Y'all can't see it, but I'm holding up her book. Um, uh, Amy Hesper. Amy is super talented artist. Uh, if you've been in my office, you've seen some of her artwork. Um, like I said, brand new author. So Amy, thank you for the time. First off, I know you're busy um, and a hot commodity on podcasts these days, I see. So... I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about you. Okay. Uh, well, I'm Amy Hesper, a brand new artist. Uh, sorry, not artist, author. Um, and I am an inspirational fluid artist. So if you're not familiar or know what fluid art is, think of it as art without a paint brush. And you basically pour the paint on a canvas that essentially is fluid art. And uh, through my artwork, I create visual meditations and spiritual connections to be able to help others uh, discover the benefits of art. And I really got back into artwork during uh, the lockdowns as a way to deal with the stress and anxiety that I had during that time, both, of course, with lockdowns and work in general. Uh, it was a pretty tough season. Um, and, of course, after spending the better of 40 years not accepting myself or loving myself, I decided to write a book, uh, which you have, Lori, and you held up. And because I know there are so many people out there who have probably experienced some of the same things and have had a lot of those same uh, doubts about themselves and decided to put it out there to the world. And of course, through that, um, it was just a way to encourage others. Uh, and that is one of my biggest passions in life is to use my gifts and talents of encouragement uh, for others to feel seen, heard, and loved. And I absolutely love that. And y'all, just a disclaimer, Amy, you make fluid art look easy. I've tried it. It is not. I, no, mine, mine looks nothing like yours. So that's why I buy it from you. Um, <laughs> I'll still do it for fun, but mine like goes straight in the trash. Um, but yeah, so... You spoke at an event. One of the things I definitely want to touch on is you spoke at a, a virtual event that I attended a month or so ago. I don't remember exactly when it was. And you spoke a lot about using art as an outlet for, you know, like like you just said, literally like healing. And how for the average person like me, that's not super great. I enjoy doing art and it, it is very therapeutic for me. But what would you recommend as a good, I mean, just starting place? I'm not going to go, you know, buy a whole bunch of fluid art stuff because, you know, not that great at it. But what would be a good way to find what that outlet is for you, rather? Um, just as an example, Taya is at home today and she's had this knitting stuff that mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's been in our basement for years. And today she's like, oh, I think, you know, she's home with her hurt shoulder and not feeling well. And she's like, I think that I need to um, start knitting again. I don't know how a hurt shoulder made her want to do that, but it's making her feel better. It's giving her something to do to keep her mind off the pain. So, you know, back to, I got a little off topic, but where would you suggest that somebody start to try and find what's therapeutic for them? Uh, I would say um, if anybody has ever had uh, maybe, like you say, um, you know, with your daughter and, knitting. I mean, if there is anything that maybe you did as a child, um, you know, if there was art classes, uh, unfortunately, our school that I grew up in, we didn't have art class or anything. But I know uh, that it's kind of taken um, a little bit more of a precedence in schools. As it should. Uh, it, yes, definitely. Um, so I would say just anything that you've ever done, um, in a creative sense, whether it be drawing or um, maybe making paper airplanes, you know, origami is another thing. Um, And it could be something as simple as if you like to get out and garden. Um, Anything that someone can find that just helps them to kind of lose track of what they have been focusing on. Um, And it could be as simple as doodling on a piece of paper. Just anything that, again, helps them. These are my doodles from this morning when I was on hold with doctor's offices all morning. (laughs) Yes. I mean, just as simple as, you know, one thing, like if you're angry, you can draw lines on a paper or you can tear pieces of paper and arrange that in uh, like a design or something. And it's the tearing of the paper. Like if you're frustrated, that kind of helps you like release that tension, that anger, that frustration. Um, You know, if you're sad, you could draw flowers or, you know, color a rainbow uh, because colors play a, Um, a role in how we feel. Um, But again, for anyone that's listening, as far as how to find your outlet, I would say go back to something that you used to do from your childhood, or if you've ever had an idea of something that you wanted to do, like Lori, you mentioned you've tried fluid art before. I'd say go for it. Use uh, YouTube. Uh, That's where I actually discovered fluid art. And then went down a a long rabbit trail of just watching, you know, hours upon hours of other people creating fluid art. And finally, I said, you know what, let me just try this. And I did. And I remember uh, that first night, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so much harder than it looks, you know, on the TV, on the TV screen. Um, The matter of with anything, it's just continually um, you know, experimenting and continually doing it where you build, you know, that skill. And that would be the same thing with any sort of other creative outlet or just work in general. You know, and you said something earlier that kind of got me thinking, 
So I've talked about it on here before and I'm sort of, uh, well, not sort of, I, I'm accepting the fact that I'm a hoarder in recovery and I have my mother-in-law and I've been working on my basement and I have so many different kinds of art supplies. Like I get obsessed with something. I went through a, like a stamp phase, like mm-hmm. a, a rubber stamp phase. I told my memo that years ago and she went and bought me stamps because she like vintage postage stamps. Cause she thought that's what I meant. So just to clarify like card making. And I, of course, joined a subscription service because that's what we do, right? And Mm -hmm. I have so much stamping up stuff. And that's one of the things that during the lockdown, whenever I was trying to find it out, I had, until you said that, I hadn't even realized it, but I brought all my stamp stuff upstairs and all the, you know, paper. And I I just made cards. Not great at it, but it was, it was fun for me. Um, And I, I sent those cards to people during the lockdown that were also, you know, probably stressed and having a rough time. And so I hadn't even realized that that was a kind of therapy that, so sometimes we do things that are therapeutic and not even realize that that's why we're doing them or that they're even, you know, it is therapeutic. So that's kind of cool. You just helped me realize something and you just helped me come up with an excuse not to throw any of my craft supplies. So whoops. (laughs) There you go. Um, And, you know, because at first I really did not think of, think of it so much as like a therapy or an outlet. Um, At first it was just, you know, a way for me um, because like I said, it was a very stressful situation and a situation stressful time. Uh, I'll get my words out. Um, And so it was getting to the point back then where Like after work, I would pour a glass of wine and just kind of like keep drinking uh, as a way to numb out all of the stress and all of the thoughts that I was having during the day, just as a way to deal. And I started realizing that I needed to do something else with mom or I was going to start heading down path to an alcoholic, which my family was, my my mom and my stepdad, they were both uh, alcoholics and just witnessing a lot of the things that came from that, um, you know, like fights, physical fights. And I had always told myself that I would never become that. I would never do that because of everything that I saw uh, growing up. And so I took to creating art and it was a way to one, of course, not drink, but also a way to focus everything that I had went through that day and just got into, you know, my room and just started painting. And that's all that my focus was on was maybe choosing colors, you know, what size canvas I wanted to do. Um, and just basically got in there and was experimenting. And I had a thought, I was like, well, let's go live because I'm sure there are other people, you know, who need that distraction and started going live on Facebook. And a lot of people started saying, Oh, you know, that's really cool. And Oh, I really love that. And it kind of went from there, but 
it wasn't until a couple months ago when I really started looking into the benefits of art that I realized creating art, actually our body releases dopamine. And I'm like, okay, well, no wonder I felt so much better after, you know, time in the studio because it really was therapeutic. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, art is very beneficial. Yeah. It's funny that you were talking about, you know, using it as an alternative to drink. I can't paint and do art at the same time. Because that or paint and drink at the same time, which I don't drink anymore. Like I used to, same as you, 2020, that's what I went to. Is I mean, yeah. I'm a, I'm used to being around people all the time. And I love my husband and daughter, but when they were the only people I was seeing, um, and trying to learn how to do things virtually and all that, I, you know, to unwind at the end of the day, we would make a drink. Yeah. Uh, but when I did drink, I always got my water cup and my drink cup mixed up. So maybe that was like my subconscious way of getting me to slow down on drinking but you know it's you're hopefully everybody else listening to this is getting you know triggers as you're saying this because there's things that you're saying that I'm like oh wow that is you know I was doing those things and using it for therapeutic reasons without even realizing it mm-hmm. um and the dopamine makes total sense um and I love personally I love watching your Facebook lives but I'm telling you you make it look easy and it's not easy <laughs> when you try uh, try by yourself so um but and, you know, I've, I've told you before, and I'm probably the only person that will ever tell you this, but you sent me a free piece with an order that I placed, and it was kind of like puffy a little bit, it had a little ridges mm-hmm. on it. And I literally kept that. It's packed in a box right now because everything from our office has been packed in boxes over the last two weeks, and it mm-hmm. hasn't been unpacked at home. Um, but there's little ridges on it. And I literally left that piece just sitting on my desk. I didn't put it on the wall or anything. And I caught myself one day like just petting it basically, which is weird as that sounds. It was kind of like a fidget for me, I guess. And for me, it was very therapeutic. And I didn't realize I was doing that to calm myself down. Um, So, you know, art therapy takes many forms. If you're weird like me, it can be just be petting a painting, you know, whatever, to each their own. Yeah. Um, But so I, I guess, you know, any form of art, could be used the way that you use fluid art just depends on what is, you know, for each person, right? Like you say, with doodling, I doodle like crazy. Like my book cover is literally, and I'm not an artist. My, my doodles are awful, but my, you know, my book cover is going to be just my doodles all over, you know, the, the page. And Mm -hmm. that is something I do to calm myself or, well, for me, it's my way of focusing. If I'm, if I'm not doodling, like my million dollar master, my notes, are hilarious because they've got like a couple of random words and then hearts and stars and squiggles. But I can, if I go back to that, I can look at those few words and take you back to what Ed Milet said or what Ryan Stuman said or anything like that. But on the blank pages that have like, you're not blank pages, but not doodled pages that have just notes all the way down them. I can't go back to that moment. My brain's weird. So I'm writing a book about it, but I, I do know that there are a lot of people I'm learning more and more that there are a lot of people out there whose brains work like I do um, or like mine does. So, you know, you mentioned a little bit about your book and how you kind of, you know, came about that. So tell us a little bit about the, and for me, because you started your book way after I did and finished way before I ever will. So 
Tell us a little bit about that process, you know, what motivated you? I mean, I know you've talked a little bit about it, but elaborate on that just a little bit, because I'm super excited. Actually, my mother-in-law um, grabbed a couple of bo- copies of this that she's going to take to church tomorrow to give to a couple of the people at church. Um, so just delve, dive a little bit into that if you don't mind. Okay. Um, so like I said, uh, spending the better part of 40 years not accepting myself, uh, really not loving myself either. And a lot of that, of course, came from early on in life, uh, being bullied in school and then, um, you know, mental and and physical abuse uh, at home. Um, It really left a lot of feelings to being unworthy, uh, not lovable, and uh, not, of course, confident in my skin either. And uh, in, it was about June of 21 when uh, I had gone through another season of feeling very rejected and trying to make all the things happen and accomplish different things and seeming like it was obstacle after obstacle uh, that was coming up and, you know, kept hearing no or no this or, oh, well, yeah, but then, you know, it being taken away from me. Oh, I'm in that right now. So this is good for me. (laughs) Yeah. So it, you know, it really started to, um, to wear me down mentally again. And, uh, used to be very horrible um, about beating myself up and uh, definitely talking to myself far worse than anybody ever talked to me. Um, And again, it was just from everything that happened. And of course, believing a lot of lies, getting stuck inside of your head. And I just got sick and tired of being in that place and feeling that way. And so for me, when I get in that space, I always lean heavy into my faith and read devotionals. So, you know, I picked up uh, the version app for app and started searching for different devotionals based off of keywords. So love, acceptance, worth, and started reading through these devotionals and then kind of felt like God gave me a download of a direction to start writing or journaling uh, as a way to help myself. And so, of course, the first one uh, that I went with was acceptance and just really started, you know, pen to paper and journaling out my thoughts and anything that I felt, you know, God had told me to write down or things that he was just telling me personally to kind of help me through this season. And I probably had two weeks, um, you know, worth of journaling wrote out. And I was like, you know what? I was like, well, I've got two weeks. Why don't why don't we just go ahead and make, you know, a 30 day devotional journal. And so that's what I did. Um, But within that season, I ended up losing my grandmother uh, about two, 
about when I got halfway through. So uh, um, right at that two week mark, I lost her and of course put it down and, and did not pick it back up um, probably for a couple of months. Um, but I just kept feeling, you know, you need to finish it. You need to finish it. And um, so the book was more to help me through that season and to finally love myself like God loves me. And there were a couple people who, uh, you know, kept encouraging me uh, to put it out there to the world. But I will tell you, it was extremely uh, scary to do just because of one, some of the things that I talked about. And of course, putting yourself out there to the world with truly heart and soul um, was scary. But at the same time, since I've published that book, I have had a good many of people to come back and say, thank you for putting this book out there. Thank you for obeying that direction and publishing this book because it's speaking directly to me on that day. And I will tell you that is a feeling like none I've had in my life. And it's felt pretty surreal for people to come back and tell me that. But I believe that is also a to following through when you think God has given you something to do because there's a, a purpose and a reason. And we hear it all the time in our circle that, you know, your story is meant for someone. And this has been a proving point to that. Yeah, what is it? I always get it wrong, but your mess is your message. Yes. Like that. Um, Yeah, and that's, I I think I'm in the space that you were just talking about right now where I am nervous about putting things out there. And honestly, most of the hard stuff I've already written about, so I don't know why my brain is just like, no, no, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just by, you know, talking about on the podcast a little bit, and talking about, you know, my life with ADHD and the different challenges and the different benefits of that. Um, and starting a, you know, a Facebook group, I'm realizing more and more and more people need that message. More and more people need to know that it's not all, you know, they it's not a, a deficit necessarily. There are benefits to having a crazy brain. And, you know, that's something that I took a really long time to embrace. Um, but so you've got the first one out and it's a, is it a four part part series, your book? Uh, it will be. Uh, so like I said, this is the first one. Um, and I do have three more planned, uh, right now I am working on a companion journal to go with the first one. Um, And so that one, um, I don't know why, but I just feel kind of scared to do a companion journal for some reason, you know. Uh, But uh, so I'm working with a coach uh, to get that done and published and uh, tentative right now, possibly uh, by Christmas, I will have that done. 
Uh, if not, that will be January, but um, going to push to have that done uh, in the next few weeks. You and Philip and everybody else are making me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, I saw he posted a day or two ago, and you guys probably remember Philip Sessions was on my podcast a couple months ago. And um, for what it's worth, he didn't even have another book on his radar at that point when he was on my podcast, and now it's about to release. I'm like, okay, guys, you can just slow your roll. Because I'm over here overthinking and I need everybody to stop making me look bad. But um, speaking of writing coaches, I, I feel like mine probably needs like some sort of devotional journal just to deal with me because I probably drive her crazy because she's, you know, she's used to people that like, you know, there's a deadline. We hit it. And I'm like, oh, and I overthink the deadline. And then I make excuses. I do not look at my tattoo on my wrist like I should and forget my excuses. But um. Every time I reach out to her, she's like, I'm like, please don't give up on me. And she's like, you're not giving up on me. I'm not giving up on you. And I'm like, okay, good. Because then that means I won't. Um, yeah. But I am I am super excited about the, that you're doing it in the companion journal. See, and it's funny because to me, I feel like that would be, because I've thought about doing something similar, um, like for every chapter of my book, have a, okay, now here's your, you know, your um, assignment, do this, that, and the other. And for me, that is has been the easier part than actually like putting what's in my brain on paper and my issue when I first started writing was I was worried about like the broad spectrum of what everybody would think and then finally it was brought to my attention it doesn't matter what everybody thinks if my book touches one person and helps them adjust their life or inspires them to do something that will change someone else's life which it already has actually um, a, a, you know, a 19 year old young lady has started a podcast for the same target audience because of, you know, reading a couple of chapters that I'd sent of my book and, you know, her being on my podcast and all. So, um, whenever I, I shifted that, it started becoming a little bit easier and then it got hard again because my brain is like all over the place. But, um, I, I think when I accepted that if, that it's not about being a bestseller. Obviously, I want to be, but that's kind of cool because I know enough people that are bestselling authors and I'm like, I want to fit in. I want to be a cool kid. But if one person gets something out of it that changes their or someone else's life, then it's absolutely worth it. And so just saying this out loud again is telling me, okay, so whenever we hang up on this call, go write a chapter. And um, if if Hillary or Sebastian or any of the um, Jeremy were in my head right now, they would probably be saying, okay, now's the time because you're inspired right now. Go do it. And that's mm -hmm. where I struggle with. Um, but I love that you, because you, you were going through a hard time, you know, losing loved ones and things like that whenever you were writing your book. So pushing through that and getting it out there is not just therapeutic and valuable to you, but everybody that benefits from it being out there. So thank you for the inspiration that <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome and you know you made a point of you, you know being able to reach that one and you know like you I got stuck in I got stuck in my head a lot about it um one I guess just because it is um you know a spiritual it is a Christian book um but there were also people who were not spiritual and who were are not deep in their faith like I am that 
read the book and even bought the book. Um, it, you know, being stuck in my head at first, I was like, well, you know, am I too, I don't want to be too churchy. I don't want to be too overbearing with what I'm writing because I wanted to be able to one plant those seeds that needed to be planted. Um, but also in knowing if I could reach just that one person and be able to help them the way that I was able to help myself. I mean, that would just absolutely be the icing on the cake. And uh, just for some of the ones who have come and, you know, shared how the book has helped them. Um, I'm telling you, release your book and you get messages like that. Um, it will make all of your stresses, you know, and all of that worry that you've had right now, I mean, it'll be worth it when you get it published. So I would definitely say uh, from experience, uh, like you say, of being stuck in your head, um, push through it because it will definitely light you on fire when you get those messages back. Um, and uh, sounds like you've already gotten one if a young lady has already started a podcast. So I definitely highly encourage you to uh, put pen to paper today and write a chapter or two or three. Yeah. And oh, ooh, okay. Although <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's intimidating. But although whenever I sat down and just do it, I, I do tend to get like knockout two or three at a time because mm -hmm. for some reason, once I get on a roll, I mean, I, one of the things of ADHD is hyper-focusing mm. and it's hard for me to get to that hyper-focus point on my own. My brain kind of decides when it wants to hyper-focus and it's normally on something that's completely pointless, like a app on my, a game on my phone or something. Um, yeah. But once I get into it, I get on a roll. But my problem is, is I don't um, encourage myself to do that as much as I, I definitely should. And I mean, half of my book, did you write yours or did you do, you know, the audio talk to text thing? No, I literally put pen to paper and wrote out 30 days. Oh, like actual yes. pen. Oh, goodness. Physically, physically right. Um, because for me, I felt that was uh, in itself therapeutic yeah. um, to write. But for, for me, I feel like I write out what I'm feeling or what I need to say better than um, even just like, you know, me and you talking right now. Sometimes I don't feel like I get everything out or I articulate everything as best as I could if I just wrote everything out on paper. So for me, it's always been pen to paper because I feel like that's like my best self, if that makes sense to do it that way. Yeah, I, was, I need to try that. I haven't tried that yet. And I, I guess it depends on my mood and the topic. But, mm. you know, one chapter that I wrote, wrote, quote unquote, I used Otter, the like the app that is way better than talk to text. I don't understand why like Apple and Android don't use the same technology as Otter.ai. Because... Otter that understands my weird southern accent 
Um, <laughs> talk to text is not. And I almost accidentally cuss somebody out all the time because I'll say like a not bad word. And it'll be, I'm like, where did you get that? Um, but or just text that completely make zero sense. Um, but I there, you know, one chapter in particular, I did not know that I was going to write about it. I, I had no idea. I a thought popped into my head. I was on a, you know, two hour drive by myself and a thought popped in my head. I'm like, all right. I had Wiley MacArthur in my brain and he's like, you, you know, just start talking, start talking. Cause he's been telling me that this whole time. And so I did, and I got out one of the most powerful chapters and I put things in there that I've never told anybody, even Dean. Um, I should probably let him read that chapter before I release the book because it's about when, you know, we first started dating and emotions and feelings um, and trauma that I put myself through, mm-hmm. really, um, that I carried with me. And it was all self-inflicted, right, in our own brains. Um, but then there was another chapter that I sat down because Hillary told me I had to. And I listened to her because she's amazing and I love you, but you scare me sometimes in a good way. I pay her to scare me into doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But um, you know, one day she, I think I, I think it was the same day I had a call with her and she had me write, like, I am a great writer on my whiteboard and all of that. And I sat down and I just started writing and I did what she told me to. I turned my phone on silent, which I never do unless I'm doing this like a podcast. Um, and I just started writing. And next thing I know, I snap out of whatever coma zone I was in and my desk under my, or, you know, right past my laptop was literally covered in tears and I knocked out like it was probably the longest chapter I've written and it I didn't even realize what happened I didn't realize how deep I got into it so maybe I need to try the writing because it seems like different my brain and maybe that's an ADHD thing maybe that's just a Lori thing I don't know but there's a lot of Lori things that I don't know or correlated to anything or just me um but Maybe I need to try the pen and paper and see what emotions I, I need to do. I joked when I first started the book that I was going to do like a, a quiz at the end of each chapter. Was I medicated or unmedicated during this chapter? And I think instead it needs to be that. And how did I write this chapter? Was it pen to paper? Was it typing? Was it some weird? I, I don't know. I'm probably going to come up with some like by the time I finish it, people keep asking, oh, how many chapters you have? And I'm like, I have no idea. Honestly, I I even like downloaded this little app that like sorts it and organizes it because my brain cannot comprehend an outline. And I don't know, there's somewhere between like seven and 20. I I don't know. I should probably look into that. But so, you know, we've covered the, you know, art and how that can be therapeutic. We've covered getting your message out there, even if it's uncomfortable because somebody out there, and in your case, a lot of somebody's, and in my case, there's a lot of somebody's. I just haven't found them yet because... I haven't put the stupid book out into the universe yet, but I'm working on it. Um, what, you know, is there anything else that you want to, you know, you want people to know or you think can help people other than the things we already covered, obviously? Um, again, I would say uh, kind of going back to, going back to, the creativity part, you know, there are a lot of people who always tell me, um, you know, I'm not creative or, you know, I can't do what you do. And I think that is in itself the beauty of creativity because each one of us is not necessarily going to be able to do what someone else can do. 
And what I mean by that is each one of us have our own unique giftings and talents and abilities. So we're each going to bring something different into art or into writing. Um, and to me, creativity is literally anything that you get an idea about and you bring it to life, basically. So, you know, of course, the biggest one that most everybody thinks about is art. Uh, but writing a book is creativity. Poetry is creativity. Um, you know, being a landscaper is being creative. Uh, construction work. I mean, you think about that, and that's like literally building buildings yeah. from absolutely nothing. You just you gather your materials, and then you build what you know, what design or what architect you know that comes to mind as well. Um, but you know, engineering is another thing that I feel could be creativity. And again, it's creativity just spans so much within life to me. And I would say if you don't feel creative or if you need an outlet to be able to deal with stress or um, you know, Lori, like in your case, like the ADHD, um, if there is anything in your mind that you've always wanted to try, do it. Um, because I will tell you, I get so many wild and crazy ideas. And I was talking with my coach about this yesterday and, um, was just kind of telling her that I, I really do get all of these off the wall ideas and uh but it's getting that idea and moving forward just to um to create it but it's also in a sense it kind of proves that if you put your mind to something you can do it um and for me it's like a, you know getting that wild crazy idea and saying okay well let's see how this turns out and most times it turns out really good and it's like okay well you know maybe I am better than what I've always given myself credit for because we do tend to be our own worst critics and there was something that either I read or heard um recently and it's you know, if somebody comes to you because they're having a bad day or they're in a bad season and they just need someone to, um, you know, to be that friend or, um, you know, to be that person of reason and help them get through it. Well, when they come to you, we're not going to talk down to them. We're not going to treat them badly. You know, we're not going to cuss them out. We're not going to tell them they're you know, not worth anything at all. We're going to give them grace and compassion. And so for me, one thing I've really tried to be better at since I wrote the book is knowing that when I talk to others or I reach out, I'm always encouraging them. So it was like, you know, Amy, why are, 
do you keep putting yourself down if because you wouldn't do that to anybody else and so if there was something I would say for somebody to take away is to take that little nugget away today because if you wouldn't talk to someone else the same way don't talk to yourself in that manner because the words we speak to ourselves and the way we treat ourselves truly makes a difference and that's that's an amazing point and a great takeaway for everybody you know i was on a call and this is a little bit off topic but still the same thing i was on a, a coaching call with one of my mindset coaches last night and it's a group call thing and one of the um one of the people on the call is sick right now and she was saying you know i've been telling myself i'm not sick i'm not sick i'm not sick and he's like wait but you're you're talking about what you don't want to happen you know i am healthy i feel great and it's the way we talk to ourselves cuz one of the first things i learned when i joined the mastermind that we're both in um which you actually are one of the first two people that i met whenever we joined the mastermind and you you and oh my goodness why can't i think of his name oh my goodness it'll come to me as soon as we get off here but you know you guys were some of the first people i met but one of the biggest things that i learned um after joining was the subconscious does not have a sense of humor and I'm really bad about, you know, joking with myself of, oh, you can't do this or you're, you know, and make, and I've gotten very conscious about how I talk to myself and I still mess up every day. Just, you know, we're human. We do that. But so anyway, that's a great takeaway. And I, I hope everybody kind of takes that to heart because that's a, that's a big one. Now, as far as where to find you, I will, I'll make sure I put all your links, but where's the easiest way for people to find you? Um, people can find me either on Facebook or Instagram. They both have the exact same profile picture at Amy Hesper. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, the same, same name, Amy Hesper. And, um, I think I dropped, uh, my link tree in there, but, um, but that have the other link, my website as well. Um, which is being worked on in the process. Um, and then I believe uh, I may have even had the book book link in there, but awesome. uh, if anybody wants to find the book, it's available on Amazon. Awesome. And it's love yourself like God loves you, or you can search your name because I ordered twice on release day because I ordered five and then I'm like, oh, I need more. And so <laughs> it's almost Christmas. I need gifts. It's a great gift. Um, so you can search either your name or the, the book title and pop it up. So, well, Amy, thank you for your time. I know, like I said, you're super busy and I appreciate you taking the time to, to drop a ton of value. Um, and thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week. Thank you again, Amy. Thanks, Lori. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of All About the Benefits. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Until next time, friends. 